0: This is a Squiz Kids podcast. Your fresh take on what's happening in the world around you. Each week we give the World Globe a spin and see where we land. Then we take the kids of Australia on an audio excursion to visit that country and its people. I'm Amanda Bauer and today on Squiz the World we're visiting a country known for leprechauns, potatoes and the colour green. Can you guess? Strap yourselves into the Squiz Kids Superfast Supersonic Jetliner as we take off and take a squiz at Ireland. Just the facts. The Republic of Ireland, that's I-R-E-L-A-N-D, is located on an island, I-S-L-A-N-D, off the coast of Europe. That one island has two different governments, each with its own territory. Northern Ireland is, perhaps not surprisingly, located in the north part of the island and it's a part of the United Kingdom. Meanwhile, the Republic of Ireland, the focus of today's episode, takes up the rest of the island. The Republic was also ruled by England until 1922 when it was finally granted independence after a long fight. It was during that fight that different rebel groups flew green flags or wore green. So Ireland is associated with the colour green not because of its rolling green hills, although it has plenty of them, but for political reasons. There's a part of Irish history that happened almost 200 years ago that has a strong connection to Australia. Starting in 1845, Ireland suffered a terrible famine when their potato crops failed. Famine meaning that there isn't enough food for a population to eat properly. (gasps) Many people think that Britain, which was ruling Ireland at the time, didn't do enough to help the starving Irish and that the English are responsible for the one million deaths that occurred. So what does that have to do with Australia? Well, during that terrible famine, many hungry people left Ireland in search of a better life, and many came to Australia. By 1914, fully one third of the Australian population reported having Irish ancestry. My family does. How about yours? Nowadays, five million people live in Ireland. The capital and the biggest city is Dublin. That's also where the President and Houses of Parliament are. Whenever you travel, it's important to learn a few words in that country's language. It's a great way to show respect. So let's. Learn the lingo. Before the English took over Ireland, people there spoke Irish, which is also often called Gaelic. The last known person who spoke only Irish, meaning that he spoke no English, died in 1988, but there is a big push in Ireland now to revive the Irish language. We're very lucky to have Squiz Kid Amy here to teach us some Irish. Amy, take it away. Hi, my name is Amy and I'm from Ireland. I speak Irish because I live here. This is how you say hi, how are you? Dia you go This is how you say thank you. And here's how you say goodbye. Salon. Hmm, goodbye in Irish sounds a bit like so long, doesn't it? Thanks so much, Amy. Now that we can communicate a little bit, it's... Time for school! Kids in Ireland go to primary school for eight years. The first two years are called junior infants and senior infants. Now, in Australia, the word infant mostly refers to a tiny baby. Imagine how the prep and kinder kids at your school would react if you called them babies. Not happy. One big difference between Australian and Irish schools is that in Ireland, more than eight in ten primary schools are controlled or managed by the Catholic Church. 3.7 million Irish people out of a total of five million are members of the Irish Catholic Church. So religion plays a much bigger role in public life than it does here. In Ireland, only five percent of primary schools are not religious. Now I mentioned earlier that there was a big push in Ireland to revive or bring back the Irish language, so another big difference is that there are a growing number of Irish immersion schools. If you immerse something in a lake, then you surround it with water, and an immersion school is where you're surrounded by the new language. You do maths in Irish, science in Irish, history in Irish, art in Irish, you get the idea. It's Definitely tricky at the start if you didn't speak Irish when you got to school, but if you think about it, being immersed in a new language is exactly what happened to us all as babies and we managed to learn it. The final big difference between school in Ireland and Australia is what kids do during PE. I think it might be... sport time. I don't know about you, but when I was in primary school, we spent time playing netball, AFL... Of course, if you grew up in New South Wales or Queensland, that would be rugby (coughs) and hockey. But in Ireland, the most popular sport is Gaelic football. I'll put some links in your episode notes, but for now, imagine a rugby goal with a net below the crossbar, like a soccer net. There are 15 players on each side and they can throw, bounce and kick a round ball. It's a really high-scoring game, unlike soccer, and the players need to be fast, strong, nimble and able to handle a few bumps and knocks. Ouch! They get three points if they kick the ball into the goal's net and one point if they kick or fist the ball between the posts and over the net. Another extremely popular Irish game, hurling, uses the same goals and field dimensions as Gaelic football. But instead of a round ball that bounces, they use a much harder, smaller ball that looks a bit like a baseball, but it's called a sliotar. You hit the sliotar with a wooden stick that looks a bit like a hockey stick, but it's called a hurley. So you use a hurley to play hurling. Players move the ball by hitting it off the ground with the hurley, or picking it up and hitting it out of their hands with the hurley, or bouncing it on the hurley while they run, or catching and slapping it with their hands. And yes, they do all wear helmets. Phew. I'm starving after all that sport. I think it might be. Dinner time. Before the potato famine in Ireland, the Irish were some of the tallest and healthiest people in Europe. That's because they ate potatoes and drank buttermilk, which gave them just about all the vitamins and minerals they needed. But even though everyone associates potatoes with Ireland, they're not actually native crops. In fact, they were only brought to Europe from the Americas in the 16th century. If you want a really authentic Irish meal, you can't go much further than a stew, a delicious meal consisting of usually lamb, carrots, onion, parsley, and of course, once they were introduced to Ireland, potatoes as well. Each of those ingredients can be substituted for others, which allows the stew to feature whatever meat or veggies might be available at the time. My Irish Nana would also recommend that you serve it with crusty bread so you can soak up all the sauce. Mmm Time for the Squiz. This is the part of the podcast where you get to test how well you've been listening. Question number one. Which colour is associated with the Irish fight for political independence? Yeah, that was an easy one, wasn't it? It's green. Question number two. What is the name of the most popular sport in Ireland? It's Gaelic football. And question number three. What are Irish kids called during their first two years of primary school? That's right, they're called infants. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for staying curious about the world and joining me on this incredible trip to Ireland. Now get out there and have a most excellent day. Over. And out. These episodes are edited and engineered by Carter Quinn. If you've been enjoying Squiz the World, Squiz Kids Shortcuts and the Kids vs Adult Quizzes, I've got great news. We are going to keep producing them and keep giving them to you for free all year long. So starting January 30, you'll get the Squiz Kids Today podcast every weekday Plus these three extra podcasts a week. Can your ears handle it?